Welcome to Baloney No Mayo. This is our our third episode of BNM, and uh, this is your host Dragonarius, and I'm here with Alicia and uh, my, my dearest ladybug. We are all here to talk about some crazy things. But uh, to start us off, Alicia, go ahead and tell us a little bit about why we're here. What it is? What it is that kind of kicked this thing off? Okay, so um, I was scrolling on Facebook. Very exciting. And um, I happened to see this post um, that was talking about um, how long the Egyptian dynasty lasted, the ancient Egyptian dynasty. And so it was talking about the fact that it was like 3,000 years long and that Cleopatra um, actually lived closer to the time of us than she did to the time of the building of the Great Pyramid and that um, the Egyptians actually had archaeologists who dug up and studied their ancient Egyptian, ancient Egyptian culture. Now that's, that's wild to think about. I mean, you've got the pyramids and everything and you, you're literally looking up your old dead relatives from, you know, the pharaohs and, and all this stuff. Meanwhile, you've still got pharaohs and, and kings and queens of that sort still sitting on the, what would they, would they call that a throne? Did they have a throne? What do they have? I don't know. Uh, sand. I think they sat on a throne. A throne I'm not sure sand. what their technical term for it was. <laughs> they were still pharaohed. They were still pharaohed. Okay. So what we decided to do was go through and look at some of the weirdest archaeological things that we could uh, uh, come up with, you know, just to, just to talk about them, you know, just to have a little fun talking about some archaeological stuff. So um, I looked up a list. Alicia looked up a list and uh, Ladybug kind of vetted our list. And so now here we are talking about these things. So um, I'll go ahead and let Alicia kick it off with whatever she's got first on her list. Okay, so I didn't do a ton of research. I just kind of looked stuff up. So I don't know how to pronounce any of this stuff. And it's not super technical. Mood. Right? But uh, Google exists. Right. So there's that. Um, Okay, so in the 1960s, um, some archaeologists were digging in what is now Kenya. And uh, the area is called Lothigam North. And they found what is considered to be the oldest at least at that time, it was considered to be the oldest public cemetery. And uh, it housed about 580 individuals of all ages, genders, and caste systems. So it was groundbreaking at the time because um, the poor people were buried next to the rich people. Women were buried next to men. There was no, it was just like one of our cemeteries that you would see today. Um. All of the skulls were adorned with jewelry, but the strangest or the best out of all of them was that there was a headdress made from 405 gerbil teeth that came from over 100 gerbils. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Gerbil teeth. Yes. And 
very disappointingly, I could not find an image of this. Like I Googled and Googled and I really wanted to see what it looked like. And all yeah. I could find was like images of the site, images of the different beads that adorned the different headdresses, but not the actual one made from the gerbil teeth. And I really, really wanted to see that. Right? That's wow. so, <laughs> like, who just decides, oh yeah, when I die, bury me in gerbil teeth. That's right. Adorn my dead body. Uh, please. Well, just head. Yeah, just adorn head. my my corpse head with gerbil teeth. Well, maybe he wore it in like life. Maybe that was his, you know, ceremonial. I'm gonna go to a ceremonial dance. I've got my <laughs> gerbil teeth crown on. What if he was a Those gerbil poor dentist? Gerbils. <laughs> poor gerbil. Like, how do you get? To, I mean, I'm sorry. Come here, little gerbil. No. <laughs> like I'm gonna pull your teeth. That's just well. I did read horrible. a little snippet that said that they would have had to have been actually all caught, right? And trapped. It's not like gerbils yeah, are domesticated at that domesticated. point. Yeah. Yeah. So this. So maybe. So did maybe they, they were gerbils? like rodents. They might have been like rodents, but that'd be like wearing layer crown with like rat teeth or mice teeth. Yeah, because there was a time when we didn't have guinea pigs as pets. And, and, you know, you couldn't just go to. To the pet store and get a guinea pig you would it would just be running around so okay i can't picture a wild guinea pig like that's the weirdest thing to think about to me like a yeah, wild i know yeah it, wild it, cows and wild guinea pigs yeah they have longer teeth and they're very vicious <sighs> no i just mean like they're, if you're walking down the road the and a, a, a just guinea see a pig guinea pig just runs across your path well i mean nowadays we don't have that happen we don't walk around we say oh we're gonna walk going to through the the Walmart shopping center or something like that. And to see a guinea pig just go running by. I don't see know? any animals running by the know. aisles when I'm walking through the Walmart shopping it's center. It's a dead zone. <laughs> With as much trash as there is, you would think you would see something more four-footed. But usually it's two-footed and winged. But, uh, you know, anyways. Okay, so that was uh, that's pretty interesting. It's just uh, gerbil teeth. Wow, I, I don't and think oh, I, from over a hundred gerbils. So that means someone had to like actually either catalog those teeth, like compare them, or if they know it came from over a hundred gerbils, did they like DNA test the teeth? Like, how do they know it came yeah, from a, that, over okay, 100 a hundred different gerbils? I this is they a must different have gerbil. Counted how many teeth were in the thing? Like, cataloged the amount of teeth, and then took that to the amount of gerbils. Okay, see that, that makes so has. much more sense than what I was thinking. Like, yeah, I was just thinking there's this guy out there spending <laughs> like, like millions of dollars to DNA test. Well, I mean, there have been people that have spent millions of dollars to remove old. a tumor from a goldfish. So, I don't know. It's a the weirder you did things have happened. On a grape, guys. <laughs> okay, so. All right, so my I've got one called the Dropa Stones, okay? In 1938, Dr. Again, I apologize for any pronunciation mishaps here. Dr. Chi Pufei uh, makes his way into the Bayanan Karaula, uh, which, which is like a forest, I guess, in China, and there's a cave there. And the team that he brings finds several nine-inch metal discs. Okay, and these nine-inch discs, what makes it, what makes them so weird is they are they're they're all nine inches round. Okay, what else is nine inches round that we know of? Vinyl records. Okay, 
Okay. I did not know that. I was thinking it like also, plates. <laughs> right? Dinner it, plates. Uh, dinner plates <laughs> too. Yes, it could be true. So it also, it, it has a hole in the middle, similar oh. to vinyl records. And it even has spiral grooves. Now the grooves are actually composed of hieroglyphs, okay? That tell the story of aliens called the Drapa who are crashed into the side of the mountain there at Bala Anaula. Or whatever it's called. Okay, and all this is according to Sun Um Nui. Now, he was the head research in charge of the Dropa Stones, Dropa Stones, whatever. But after some scientific scrutiny, he made his way into exile. Okay. So, so the hieroglyphic <laughs> story is not really that true. All right. Wait, are ah. the stones real? The stones are real. Okay, As a matter of fact, they sent some of the stones to Russia. And they actually took these stones, what looked like phonograph records, and actually put it on a phonograph. And the most that they got out of it was not Stairway to Heaven, but hums, electrical hums, hmm. different frequency of electrical hums that have no actual meaning. So that is the story of the... Dropa stones not necessarily telling the story of ancient aliens coming and crashing <laughs> into the forest of China. Uh, Mams must have been doing a little too much opium. <laughs> Something. Uh, yeah. Anyhow. Must have been hitting the poppy. Wait, I'm stuck on, hard. like, they put it on a player phonograph player and played it like how did they do that if they were stones well they're well they're 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 discs and they basically built okay they had to build something special okay to to, because somebody was like hey we got to figure this out like you know this looks like a record like this might be an old janice joplin tune we don't know and i guess i don't know (laughs) so so i was picturing because i'm picturing like my stepdad had this amazing at the time super expensive um, stereo system and it had a record player on it and I was never allowed to touch it because the needle was so sensitive and there was like a special thing that he cleaned the needle with and a special way you had to pick the needle up and so that's what I was thinking I was like how do you play stones on such a a needle difficult obviously well needles can be made in different ways and uh you know the the truth about the old needles and everything they were actually replaceable so yeah your dad never told you that huh no <laughs> so okay Just, trauma that was a this well, is this is the honestly, this is the epitome when my parents of weren't there i did scratch a few records ah uh, the quintessential <laughs> if it's not yours don't touch it okay but it's so tempting <laughs> All right, so I, I don't know. You, you've got a short list, so should I give another one? or? Okay, definitely. We're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to talk about, oh, this is one of my favorites. Okay, so I know you have heard about the antikythera, the antikythera mechanism, right? No. Oh, gracious. This thing is amazing. Okay. Antikythera? The antikythera okay. mechanism. It's a 2,000-year-old device which was found in a shipwreck off of the coast of the Greek of a, the Greek island of the same name. Okay? Now, this device, it, it's made of metals and stuff like that. Um, 
it, it, they had no idea what this thing did, but it was composed of cogs and handles and other wheels and things within things. I mean, it was it was a crazy looking device that that they had unearthed, well, unwatered, I guess, because it was on a shipwreck. But it was amazing to think that they actually had this, and they thought, well, this might be one of the first computers that we've ever seen. And it turns out it was the first computer that we've ever seen. Upon recreating it due to the ability to 3D print things, they were able to make the anti-Kathera, anti-Kathera, whichever way you say I'm sorry. Once again, pronunciations, Google. Google. Well, it's actually why it didn't last, you know. IBM, IBM yes. Apple. <laughs> well, it also had very limited functionality because the only thing that it actually recorded was the precise measure positions of the moon and the planets. So that's all it really did. So it really was only but great saying, for... like, that's all it really did is like, I mean, for that time period, that's oh, huge. That's definitely from this side of the lens looking back. Yeah. I mean, from there looking forward, this was mind-blowing yeah. i mean mind-blowing like that is insane that they could come up with that back in ancient greece like that is i mean the ancient greeks well, and the ancient romans were actually pretty they were really impressive smart as far as their engineering skills and their ma- i mean they created mathematics but they were able to measure the the distance between planets well they well they were also able to measure the well think about this they were able to measure the um distance of the circumference of the earth with with a stick like literally just used a stick and math yeah and they came within like 13 kilometers or something like i mean it was it was crazy precise and then to figure out the distance from here to the moon what was was extremely close so they have this ability to do these things that, you know, and they didn't have to really the distance from the earth to say, uh, you know, Neptune or something like that. They didn't really have to know that. They just had to know the, the ellipsis, that, that, that distance where they're traveling, you know, through their, through the little, um, Oh, come on. You know what it is? Orbit. Thank you. They through the orbit that they have, they had they just had to know what the orbit would be and where what position it would be in the sky. And then they could kind of like measure, you know, well, if we know it's here to here, then we can set this mechanism, I guess. I don't know. It's crazy though to think that these people at that time, with that limited resource, were able to create a computer that was able to, you know, show them or, or pinpoint where the moon would be where where venus would be so maybe the aliens dropped it on, uh, with the drop crashed yeah with the, the drop <laughs> <laughs> oh you know what they never tried playing the drop stones on the antikythera mechanism backwards oh <laughs> john paul is dead paul is dead <laughs> That was a big thing. I don't know if you've heard of that, but a big thing was like if you played records backwards, they would say things. Right. 
Yeah, so the so, so the album demonic things right. or you know there was all kinds of conspiracies oh, or yes. theories that now, went around about that. No, if you play any song backwards, it sounds like it says things. Yes, but I've there's a con- so many things. There's a conspiracy theory, and we could talk about this sometime later in another episode or something. But um, Paul McCartney is supposedly not alive, kind of like Avril Lavigne. There was a replacement, right? And so there's supposed to be hints all throughout, like the White Album, Sgt. Pepper's. There's supposed to be all kinds of like hints on the album covers and everything that prove that Paul McCartney is actually has been dead for a long time. And this person that is Paul now is actually just a replacement. And and we know we know pretty much it's not true. But the for conspiracy theories case, it was very interesting because you would hear one of the songs backwards. You could hear them saying Paul is dead. Paul, you know, and so, Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, interesting. There's a song that I really like. This is completely off topic. Maybe not. A song that I really like that it's a vocaloid song, actually. And when you play it backwards, it actually plays the message of, like, the last letter of a serial killer that he sent to his victim's parents, telling her how he ate their daughter. Like. Okay. And, and you listen to this song. Yes. It's and it scared the telling crap me why out this, of me. <laughs> I was like 11. <laughs> telling me why this next generation is going to be so messed up. Okay, anyway, so <laughs> thank you, Vocaloids. All right, what have you got? Okay, so um, kind of staying in the same time period. Um, so the ancient seaport's name was, I'm going to say, Ashkelon. Ashkelon. And uh, they found it along um, the shores of Israel on the Mediterranean coast. And uh, there was a Roman bathhouse there. And they dug under the Roman bathhouse into the sewer of it. And they found the skeletons of over 100 infants. Oh, my gosh. Right? So um, they sent the bones for analysis. And they found that none of them were over a week old. So they were all newborns. And so the prevalent thought in the beginning was that um, in the time, you know, it was more, which we've heard this a lot throughout history, it was uh, more acceptable or desired to have a boy. So this was obviously, you know, the girls being thrown away. But when they did the testing on it, they found that there was males and females. It was both. And um, Was this just like their version of counterceptives? Or or a mortality issue? Actually, like the biggest um, theory on it is that apparently for the Romans, that was birth control. Like to kill a baby, a brand new infant was just a form of birth control. They didn't consider an infant to be an actual life. So to kill an infant was considered, so that is um, probably what is considered the most accepted theory. The other theory is that because it was a bathhouse that it could have been um, discarded babies from prostitutes because apparently that's really what bathhouses were for. Right. (laughs) The things that you learn. Um, But uh, most uh, archaeologists say no because the prostitutes knew how to prevent the pregnancies. Huh. But, um, but yeah, so that was a, that was actually like birth control for them. Like if they didn't want a baby, they, but the difference here is that they would leave, um, and this, they get this from a lot of the myths and you've probably recognized some of the, like 
the storyline, if you think back to myths, right. Roman myths, but um, they would leave the babies outside, you know, mm-hmm. so it would be the fate of the gods. So they'd leave them out like in the wild, you know, so it'd be the fate of the gods on whether the baby survived or not. But these were all found in a sewer, so that's where the difference is. So, so okay, wait, wait. So this was in a sewer at the bathhouse. Yeah. So like, so someone just decided like, hey, this is a good place to put all the babies. Let's just let's no, just throw all the kids right here. Kind of disturbing. So, Either way you think of it. So like, you got to yeah. think. Okay, so is this a mortality? Like, is it a mortality rate issue, or is it because of? actual okay so none of like all the bones or yeah so there was no it wasn't like a you know from what they can tell it wasn't like a disease thing a sickness thing like these were all healthy newborn babies oh wow so yeah it's just a form of contraception and that's that's crazy period there was a lot of sex going like a lot in that time period like if you read about i think any time period would be i know but they were like (laughs) like public orgies and stuff like that yeah, would happen in that time period. So right. a way to prevent stuff like that for people who couldn't afford certain things, that would make sense to get rid of the evidence. Oh man, <laughs> that's a winner. <laughs> uh, that definitely sent some chills up my spine. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. So, wow. Anything else on the, uh, the baby? No, that, that's, that's it. I mean, that's that's Ooh. crazy. The depravity of man. Yeah, the depravity of man, definitely. Okay, so for me, I, I've got the London Hammer. Have you ever heard of the London Hammer? I have not. Okay, this thing is crazy. It was embedded in stone. It was a hammer embedded in stone. Some people were taking a walk in 1936. Hmm. They saw some wood sticking out of rock. Well, they brought the rock home. The guy was like, why is there wood sticking out of this rock? Because it doesn't look like a branch. So he decides to bust the wood or bust the rock and finds a hammer embedded in the rock. Huh. Okay. Now, according to radiocarbon dating, and here's the wild part. According to radiocarbon dating, the rock was 400 years old. The hammer, according to the same radiocarbon dating, was about 500 million years old. So you had 400 million year old rock with a 500 million year old hammer. Wait, you said that. So the so the so the hammer is older than the rock. Okay. Yeah. So the rock is 400 million years old. The hammer is 500 well, million it, years he old. He said it right. He just didn't say million. The first time. Okay. So, okay. Said so, yeah. So, I'm, so I'm correcting myself on that. The rock is the old thing. The hammer is the new thing. No. no. The, the rock. The old thing. The rock is the new is, thing. Is younger than the right. hammer. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Which makes sense. I guess yeah. the rock formed around, around the, hammer. the hammer. Yeah. Right. Okay. And the hammer is, of course, made of 90 per, 96% pure iron. So that means it's a totally unnatural thing. It had to be something that was actually formed. So it's not like it's a thing that looks like a hammer it is literally a, hammer a man-made inside. hammer okay how so it's the, like a sword in the, the stone wood stay that long well that that's the thing like some of the wood is so old that it is actually turning to carbon like it's oh, turning wow. to charcoal God. like a natural process of turning to charcoal it's so old 
So this thing is like, I mean, it's, it's, so this it's is kinda, Thor's hammer. It's I was to say the same thing. It's like Thor, you dropped this. We have found Mjolnir. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a weird concept, you know this this hammer. Now, of course, the radiocarbon dating stuff. They've like, no, this this is not right. They've like tried to figure out what's going on with the radiocarbon dating thing, and it was wasn't as reliable back then. So of course, you can't. You have to take that with a grain of salt, but. The fact that there's a hammer Inside embedded a in a rock, that is mind you know, blowing. blowing. So there you go. That's a rock in hammer. So is that where the sword and the stone myths come from? I have no idea. Well, it it, it would have to be. Uh, I don't know. Like somebody is out there, you know, or in in heaven or wherever they may be, you know, going, hey, you know, that's where I put that. <laughs> because <laughs> you can't i'm sorry you just can't like just have a rock just growing around the hammer i mean it's something has to you know yeah, the minerals like have to lava. form like, yeah yeah you know, minerals have to form and then of course then it would have melted and calcify and... you know exactly so so this would have to be a, a literal calcification like the minerals would have to form around it not being you know like limestone Oh, oh, or the the geodes. Did it Have you say seen... what type of rock it was? No, it didn't say. According to my little research, it was like a little internet blur. But you know, also dropped by the aliens. Yes. Also, exactly. yeah. <laughs> it was a it was a rock that was actually it was intangible. It could actually go through <laughs> stuff. It, it was it was a hammer that could go through stuff, or it was a rock that could go through stuff. Either way, you've got a rock that solidified. <laughs> Over a hammer or a hammer who solidified in a rock. Yes. Okay. So hammer and rock. That's let's go on to the next one. <laughs> okay. So me or you. Okay. I, I will, um, I will talk about the, uh, one that we can both kind of talk about. Like I, I did put in about the Voynich manuscript. Yeah. That's very interesting. Okay. Early 15th century Italian manuscript. Uh, the people thought of it as a codex and tons of people have tried to um, figure out this codex, decipher this codex. It is called the world's most mysterious, mysterious, sorry, the world's most mysterious manuscript. It is an, an illustrated manuscript of unknown plant species and undecipherable writings. It looked crazy. It it's got like you know drawings of women with weird stuff going to ponds or something or dancing in water. And some people actually thought it was like some kind of a ritual washing type thing. Um, the the plants that are in there have no known origin or species to speak of. And well, according to the drawing, because it's not like we can actually read the names of the plants. Well, that would be the that would be the truth there. The 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 problem with the plants are more about the fact that you cannot decipher any of the writing. So, yeah, this thing has just been running around, and it is called the Voynich Manuscripts because that's the name of the man who purchased the manuscript, thinking that it was something very old and very you know very unique. And wanted to try to get it deciphered. Well, of course, 
that never happened because it still today has yeah, no. People are still trying to decipher it. And so over the years, like there's been different theories or different um, people have come out with like, you know, this is it. I've deciphered it. But then it all gets debunked. Debunked. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. It, and um, I really think Original it's just. Stuck. Yeah, I really just think like it's just some crazy monk. Alone in his tower, and he just created his own language. Or maybe this was like the beginning of like Trekkies. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Uh, (laughs) You just got a group of nerdy monks sitting around. They've created their own language. They've got their own, you know, solar systems, their own planets. It's Don't giving, plant life for the planets. It's giving right. Homestuck vibes. You know, to this day, we still have not deciphered all of Homestuck. I'm just saying. <laughs> like, so I haven't deciphered any of it. I don't even know what Homestuck is. It's a web comic series. Made I mean, I know a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You guys talking about Andrew it. Andrew Hussey yeah. made that. Never even looked at it. All right, well, so. on the Trekkie track... You know, when we talk about the fact that you have these uh, different alien species and they have their own languages, I mean, you know, if we learned anything from watching the Big Bang Theory is that, you know, Klingon is a very well, uh, you know, developed language. Well, that's what was making me think of that. So, yeah. So, you know, people actually speak in Klingon and they talk to one another. And if you meet someone who knows Klingon... They could be from another country. They could be from, they could be from uh, another, you know, region or or just or just down the street. You could say, "Hey, you know," in Klingon, and they'll know what you're saying. You could right. speak a whole language, and they'll know what you're saying. I don't know about speaking troll language, but we used to like write secret notes and letters to each other in school in troll language. Like yeah. we would, we learned I mean, the whole alphabet and decipher it. To each other, like we would just pass it back and forth. In troll language. In troll language. What is troll language? Homestuck. Okay, or it's, the, you have the to. The trolls were there. Are the aliens of Homestuck? Okay, you cannot assume that our, our listeners oh. know exactly what you're saying when you say the listeners troll or you language. Both. Both. <laughs> I was gonna say both. <laughs> well, you know, even before like Trekkies, you know, this has been going on for a long time because you think about Lord of the Rings. That's true. So ever since that's been around, people have been speaking um, Elvish. 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 Yeah, I was yeah, gonna say Elvenish, but I'm like, that's not right. It's not Elvenish. So people have been doing that since you know, like he wrote a language. That's true. And so people have been speaking that. So this could just be like the 15th century version of that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. That's a that, just like so, a group maybe, of maybe there's a whole book to go with it, like an actual like story adventure book to go with it, and we just never found that. Uh maybe. Well it's it's very the, old. The okay. So here's another thing. This thing was written around sixteen sixty five, sixteen sixty six, somewhere around there. So it's it's old, but it's not like ancient old, right? Right. Uh but it was two hundred and forty plus pages. I say plus because there are pages that are missing. Um, so they don't know exactly how many pages it could have been. There are actually pages in there that, that fold out into more illustrations or writing to me that just like fits my theory perfectly. Yeah. So it's more like a diary of some sort that someone spoke in some different language, but you know, we did have a problem with deciphering all Da Vinci's work until someone put it against a mirror. 
So yeah, but maybe, I imagine they've done that. Oh yes, definitely. But <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying that maybe this person developed a language of their own that they're, you know. And, I mean, that's obviously what it is. What I was reading was, um, as far as they can tell, there's 20 to 25 characters, right? Depending on who you listen to, right? <laughs> but um, they don't. I mean, like nothing is fit like in the very first person that thought he figured it out thought that it was microscopic so like if you actually magnified the letters oh. you find but that type of technology in that right country. so they just they were really like wow they obviously eyesight? did have that ability right but then they discovered you know which seems like a really easy one to debunk because at the time yeah. that the guy that came out with that they did have that technology um but yeah no that's that's not what it is. They mm-hmm. haven't been able to figure it out at all. So I really do think that it's just either the mind of a crazy person or the mind of a very imaginative, inventive person who just had this story that he wanted to tell. And this was part of that story. And none of us really need to know what it is. Yeah, that's great. Voynich. <laughs> Look it up, the Voynich. It's crazy. All right. What have you got? You got something else? Okay, so um, staying with the infants. Oh, jeez. Uh, right? <laughs> morbid infant. I going know. On here. I found morbid stuff. Um, okay, so I pronunciation. Here we go again. Um, Salango, Ecuador. Between 2014 and 2016, they were excavating an ancient ritual site there. And um, there was actually a name of these people. And I didn't write it down, and I couldn't even attempt to try to say it. Um, so I think they found like nine to eleven skeletons. Um, two of them were infants, and I think there was more than two infants. But these two particular infants were buried with helmets on. Huh. The helmets were the heads of other children. Whoa! Wait a second. <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> So you had two babies. One was about 18 months old. And that baby's skull helmet belonged to, they're saying, a child between the age of 4 to 12 years old. Big difference. but um, And interestingly enough, sandwiched between that baby's skull and its skull helmet was a shell and a finger bone. Okay. And the other infant was a six to nine month old, and that child's helmet was from a younger child, but still the age range goes up to 12 years. So they say like two to 12 years. So, um, and they were like, it looked like they were just like literally slipped over their heads, and there was still flesh on both. Oh, the, you know what I'm saying? Like flesh on the skull helmet, flesh on the skull. Right. Um, but, you know, upon further examination, it was discovered that they just so skillfully, like, carved the face of the one up to fit perfectly over the other one. But they have no idea why. They've never found anything like this. So there's no, like... Is this some sort of, like, sacrificial thing? Okay, so, yeah, it, it was a ritual site. So that is, like, a theory that it could have just been a form of sacrifice. Um, the other theory is that it's, um, like, a way of protection 
like these were special children or because they were so young um, that uh, they do know the people, this particular people group had a belief that when the maybe like around 12 or so that those uh, kids would be um, like, like an adulthood type thing. So uh, maybe like it was like a form of protection, like the babies hadn't made it old enough to be considered adults quote unquote and so putting this putting these skulls over them you know would be a way of protection in the afterlife oh. or maybe it was ancestors they said huh. so it was a way of like um their ancestors protecting them but that seems weird to me if there was still flesh yeah yeah but then of course it could have been mummified flesh they were saying and this actually could have been something that was worn on the babies during life it didn't necessarily have to, and that's just that's weird. even worse right? so bad like, but it's i don't know i wasn't thinking of it quite as a morbid as it is i was just thinking wow that's really weird but you know it's a completely different time period and obviously I'm saying ritualistic sacrifice was a thing. (laughs) And I mean, this is just, I mean, most of what I read was people saying that this was like, we interpret it as being weird and creepy, but for them, it was probably like a very endearing thing. Yeah. I I don't get that, but (laughs) wow. Okay. There's still hair on the heads when they put it on. They're like, my baby's bald. Let me give you a wig. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh, I do not want to shop at that wig store. My <laughs> comes with a whole face. No, but like, what if that's why the babies died? Because like they ha- they kept dead skulls on them during their life that they oh, just got well, sick and but died. It was the only well, two it could have caused like that. Well, but... maybe that's maybe they were the test subjects. <laughs> babies okay we need to rethink this ancestral way we're still an alpha on this test i think we need to uh reevaluate okay test two did not go well either i think i think the gods are saying no to this one so (laughs) but you said that they i I, you know i sometimes were wrong it's it's fine it's just not well, that was the year that they had the, a great flood, so they never tried that sacrifice again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> oh, we learned our lesson. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't have anything with a, uh, with a dead baby in it necessarily, but I've got a couple of weird things that, that do involve live creatures. Okay. Some of my stuff has all been involving, um, you know, inanimate objects or mm-hmm. sort of animate objects, depending on what you're looking at. Uh, for this one, it was the Upland Moa Claw. Okay, in 1986, cave excavations of Mount Owen in New Zealand unearthed a preserved claw, just the claw, okay, from a large bird called the Upland Moa. Uh, they, the Upland Moa vanished in 1445, and they were predominantly found in alpine environments. Now, okay. I'm going to give you a little bit of a, a description of this thing. Okay. The Moa Claw is about the size of a person's forearm. Jeez. I saw pictures of it, and I, w- I didn't look into it, so I was kind of curious. I was like, well, that looks really big. Yes. But then they were saying it was just a bird claw, so I was like, well, maybe it's just an up-close picture. Oh, no. That's a huge bird claw. And this thing was very well uh, preserved. 
And so the claws were absolutely just, I mean, they were horrific. Like they were literally looking like something you would see in the, was the new movie that Edris Elba did, uh, Beast. Like you would see something like that, like a big old giant Ugh. claw. And this thing, I mean, I can only imagine the guys that found this thing going, I really hope that this is extinct. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> like. to find such a huge monstrosity to me just seems like, uh, oh my gosh, it just okay, but it's horrifying. What tore the claw off? That's another great question because they don't know what uh, what tore the claw off and where are the birds? You know, that where's the rest of the bird? So, That's you know. That's fair. Yeah. What if, what if it was something that, like, the guy had, somebody, like, a traveler or something had picked up? And, right. Um, I mean, yeah, no. I mean, it maybe, maybe. Who yeah, knows? a traveler picked up. Well, I don't know, like a merchant or something. He picked it up and was like, oh, this is a good luck charm. So he, like, kept it or something, you know? Like or maybe he was gonna sell it and he he happened to die or something you know maybe it maybe it's traveled a long way you know yeah maybe or it could have been an animal that took the the you know took the beast and decided to take it to wherever they were gonna take it you know like uh you know like a saber tooth tiger or something like that well, yeah. but this is in fourteen forty five so it wouldn't be that old it would have mm-hmm. to be some kind of other but what lives in a mountain that would what what lives in a mountain that would actually eat that kind of a bird? Wait, the bird is from fourteen forty five. That's when they went extinct. Yes. Okay. Oh, so they've found other remains. So this is like an actual type of. Yes, bird. this is okay. an actual bird. Okay. This isn't like some. This is you know like maybe a it's a bird like type yeah. Thing. This is like literally people so have wait, documented. Its, it's claw was the size of a man's forearm. Yeah. That's so how big was the actual bird? No, that's the thing. They are they're like get up to six foot tall. Okay, so we're talking like. Like an ostrich, but like with the but big old giant things. beak thing, and I mean, so they have drawings of these things. Okay. So look up, look up the upland moa whenever I'll have you get to look a chance that up. because that it is crazy. it is a monster of a bird. So hey, Fluffy, what's going on, buddy? So okay, his name is Muggins, not Fluffy, but I call him Fluffy just for you guys. <laughs> so okay, I'm I'm looking up the 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 moa right now. Oh, jeez, at least it doesn't look like something that flies it looks like an actual ostrich type thing oh okay all right there you go i'm yeah. picturing but like you said it's found in like the pterodactyl Alpines? yeah it's, so it's, it's like a found, snowy type thing yeah it's found in in mountainous regions so it's like goats you know like yeah. like a, like a goat would be <laughs> so that's funny looking sorry yeah. that's like an ostrich mated with a kiwi. A kiwi. <laughs> That's what I thought of. I mean, it is from New Zealand too, so you know it's a. Yeah, that makes sense. It's just a large bird, and it almost looks furry in that. Yes, picture. yes, and and that's the you yeah. can see okay. skeleton uh, pictures of the skeletons also. So oh, wow! So they're yeah, they're fuzzy, like flightless birds <laughs> with a very big beak. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Terrifying though. So like, mo- and the claws on the these things are amazing. Oh yeah. Okay. Right. I mean, it is, it is absolutely massive. Okay. Right. So why is that an amazing find, though? Is it just because it was so intact? It was so preserved, was, so okay. well preserved. Yes. I mean, it was it was lost in 1445, and and this was found in 1986. So that claw has been sitting there since at least 1445. That's crazy. So that's a that's a long time up in a 
cave or whatever it might be. So, all right. So last one, last one. This one has hits home a little bit, okay? Because it is the remains of King Richard III. They found in 2012, research and archaeologists found a skeleton under a car park in Leicester, England. The body turned out to be the last Plantagenet king of the House of York himself, who had died at the Battle of Bosworth in 1485. It was indeed King Richard III. He was the king of England and lord of Ireland from 1483 to 1485. He was buried in March 26 of 2015 at Leicester Cathedral after they unearthed him. Now, why this one is so close to us is because King Richard III was the last of the House of York. Okay? Okay. What that means is that the Tudors took over from that. And it was actually the, the Tudors who were the ones who came against House Howard after, and that's a long story. If you look up the Howard story in England, there were, there were yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit of our family ancestry. Yes. But they literally found the king of England under a car park. But, okay, crazy. so, stupid question. How do they know that's who it was? I mean, was there some sort of monument found with him? Was it yeah, there was enough was buried on him? There was enough uh, DNA evidence, and you go, well, how do they know it was by DNA? Because they can follow the family line. There was enough stuff that was with them and, and stuff around them to kind of prove that this was indeed the king. So, that's, that's I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. That's uh, just they just found a king inside a car park. That is crazy. Did you have any more, Mom? Um, I actually had two more, but oh, I don't go want for to it. use too much time. No, no, go for it. To... Go for it. Sorry, I was the whole thing was going on my ear, like the headphone was like stuck on my ear in a weird way, and it was hurting me. That's what was going on. Okay, that. <laughs> <laughs> great. Okay, so these two are not morbid, and they're not about infants. <laughs> Now that people think I'm sick. Okay. <laughs> so this one is kind of weird, but um, it's 2004 in a forest in British Columbia. Um, they found uh, what they figured were the remains of a logging settlement. And I mean, it would have been that old. It would have been like from the early, the late 1800s, the early 1900s. So no big deal. But when they started um, excavating it, they discovered um, over a thousand items, um, including sake bottles, rice bowls, fourteen small houses, a water reservoir, gardens, and a shrine. And why this is so interesting is that it was completely a Japanese settlement. So they found this isolated Japanese settlement in the middle of the forest of British Columbia, huh. um, and. They did some research, discovered that in 1918, a Japanese businessman bought logging rights in that area. So the town um, seems to have grown up from there. Now, they would have stopped. All logging stopped in that area in, like, 1920, mm -hmm. 1924. 
But obviously, they just continue to live in that town and flourish. But here's the thing. It's completely, there's no record of it. There's no record of the people that lived there. Because the sad part is, um, in 1942, due to the uh, Pearl Harbor attacks, oh. all of the Japanese were rounded up and put into internment camps in oh. North America. In both, I didn't realize they did that in Canada, too. I knew they did that here in uh, the United States. But I didn't realize they did that in Canada as always, you know, as well. The so sadness. there's nothing there's nothing found there any later than you know what they can date to being the early 1940s and no one ever returned to it and they don't have any um records any type of information of who it is that lived there but it was That's obviously so a decent sad. size yeah that is the sadness that is oh. so sad i mean that's actually almost sadder than the Baby head wearing babies. Yeah. Almost. It's definitely sad. <laughs> it's a slim margin, though. <laughs> well, the babies were dead. <laughs> so. Yes. That is sad. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah. So. Aww. And just the fact that no records exist, you know, so they don't know who lived there. It's just kind of like finding just, this completely lost, forgotten town. town. Yep. A literal ghost town. Okay. And so my last one, this is my fun one. Okay, so in 1984, paleontologist Del Guthrie had a dinner party to celebrate the finding and the completion of the taxidermying, is that the word? Yes. Of Blue Babe. Blue Babe is um, the name that they gave to what they consider to be about a 50,000-year-old bison that had been found five years earlier. And they that um, dinner party they had was that they were eating stew made from the meat of Blue Babe's neck. No. Yes. No. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's disgusting. They discovered that, um, you know, it was really well intact. They knew that um, the bison had been um, attacked by whatever the tiger would have been at that time, like a saber tooth or whatever. And um, most of the back meat was gone, but um, the neck meat was pretty well intact. And because it had been essentially flash frozen. Oh my God. That when they thawed it out, they realized that it was safe to eat, or at least they were hoping it was safe to eat. (laughs) So um, Guthrie is quoted as saying, um, when thawed off, an unmistakable beef aroma was given off. Okay. And as to the taste, his quote was, it wasn't that bad. Not so bad that we couldn't each have a bowl. Wow. Welcome to Chris Prehistoric Steakhouse. Leftovers, anyone? <laughs> so eight people. Um, and, and they were all part of it. It wasn't just, you know, right. random, random people. people. Uh, they well, I mean, all, I figured it, they would either be like the paleontologists themselves or it would be like sponsors or something. Yeah. So uh, none of the eight dinner guests died. Okay. Or got sick. The, the, well, that's a win. Or had seconds. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> that was. He did say that no one went no back one, for no seconds. Back Everyone for had more. one bowl, but no one be- went back for more. This oh is literally God. just one of those things you say you could do it. You do it to say you, you could do it. it. So it is actually illegal now to do that. 
So this was in Alaska. And um, at the time, it wasn't illegal. So it was okay that they did that. But it is now illegal to do that. You can't... um, I was reading... I didn't do a lot of research on it. This one particular article that I read last was saying that that's like a thing that they've done throughout time. Like when they have found... Like woolly mammoths and stuff like that, things that have been flash frozen that they have partaken in the meat. But now it's illegal to do that here in the United States, at least. Okay, so this is the PSA to all listeners out there. If you do find a flash frozen prehistoric or historic animal, do not eat it. It is illegal now, and it still might have some kind of weird worm. Or you just take it to Canada. Isn't, well, I don't don't think they'll do it. I don't know. Maybe they. If it's not. I don't know, uh, our Canadian listeners, you might want to chime in on this one. Someday. As long as it has an aroma of beef and mushrooms. I didn't put that part of the quote, <laughs> but that mush- was part of an earthy and <laughs> mud and mushrooms. <laughs> uh, it's very earthy taste. The taste of m- mushrooms and earth. Like, I don't even like eating deer meat, so... I don't know if no, we can even had, call it a beef. I have had buffalo, but I, I just... I let's feel eat like this 50,000-year-old. If I had been, like, part of that, I would have tried it. I'm not going to lie. I would have tried it if I knew it was safe. I would have done it because of peer pressure alone. Peer pressure? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just kind of weirded out. I had to, oh but I think I probably would have, like, really had to push down the gag reflex. Right. I, I, I'm just kind of weirded out by how how much of a foodie these guys had to be <laughs> to try to think, hey, let's eat this thing. I think that's like the opposite of a foodie. <laughs> hey, we got we to gotta try this thing here. Hold Gordon on. Ramsey, finally some good freaking food. <laughs> <laughs> the steak is way too old. The kitchen is a nightmare. It's a nightmare. <laughs> All Where'd right. you find this? Okay, so that's it. We're through with this episode. We want to thank you all. Thank you so much for listening to Bologna No Mayo. Uh, we will be back. We will have another episode, and uh, it will be hopefully good. Uh, maybe even better than this one. We don't know. Uh, maybe it will have less babies in it that are, that are having mortality less issues. Mortality. So, yes, thank you so much for listening. We love you guys. You guys are awesome. Stay weird. Stay stay wild. Stay whatever you want to be. Just make sure it's legal. Unlike eating historic beef. Thank you so much. Take care.